Hello, welcome to another dispatch from the Dykes of Quarantine. It is Tuesday, the last day of March, and I'm no longer sitting on the bathroom floor. I'm sitting on the bench that now bookends my bed in my room slash AB's home office. Bloomberg is on the TV right behind me, and the top news is that Oh, it just went away. But I think I read something pretty positive, which said that Americans are finally listening to the governmental pleas to avoid social contact. And I hope that's true. And I hope that you're all doing well. I don't really know how to explain what I'm feeling right now. You know what? I'm not even going to try and massage my reading from a story that went up yesterday, March 30th on Man Repeller. I'm just going to start reading and I'll probably pop in some editor notes while I'm reading and we will take it from there. So this is dispatch number 004 called Who I Am Versus Who I Want to Be. I heard myself telling someone last week that at the most basic level, Man Repeller asks, what if you just tried to live for yourself for once? I specifically note that I heard myself telling this to someone because I'm not exactly sure if it's true or if I simply want it to be true. And this tension between what actually is and what I want to be has been on my mind a lot. If two weeks ago the energy that was thumping through my veins and shooting out of my fingertips was so chaotic I could have combusted and come back as the emoji with an exploding head only to combust again, and last week was, as a direct reaction to the previous week, the precise opposite, deliberately psychologically slower, then this week I think I'm settling in or have settled into an adjusted state of reality. And it's got me feeling contemplative. Is this what happens when you give yourself space to think and permission to let your mind run as it will into the uncharted corners of your thoughts where truths and fallacies loiter waiting for both exposure and destruction? I called my dad last Tuesday night and I told him I was anxious. He reminded me of what he said when I was 10 years old and off from school for two weeks and complaining that I was bored. There's no such thing as boredom, only lazy minds but also that any changing of scenery requires adjustment. What I was feeling wasn't boredom. It was the lull that bridges a packed school schedule and the benign emptiness of two unplanned weeks. He was right. Within days, the mass of formless time started to feel like it was disappearing, and before I could savor the quiet, I was back at school. As we get older, he told me, the bridging lulls stop looking like boredom and start to feel more intense, like panic. Whether he's right or wrong, it made me think that maybe I'm not anxious. So I stopped saying I'm anxious, and now I'm not, I don't think. I know that sounds really simple, but it actually might be that simple. If you just stop telling yourself that you're anxious, you might not actually become unanxious, but it definitely helps with the levels, or at least that's been my experience. I don't know. Uh, that was a footnote in case that's not clear. But back to the tension. Last week was a tough one. I was confronted rather directly by my integrity as it told me that I'm not living up to it. And it wasn't the negative voices. It was right. For the thing I say I value most, to make people feel less alone and more understood, completely free to be, I'm not living up to the principle. I see how in a number of ways, the easiest to share being, when my husband hesitates to tell me that I've done something incorrectly. 
It can be as trivial as how I hook the toilet paper roll into the holder. He likes the toilet paper to emerge from the back end, and I guess it doesn't... I don't really prefer for it to emerge from the front end, but I think I've taken that stance as a defense. Hmm. Good food for thought for me. Going back to reading. Because he's not sure how I will respond. So to be clear, that was the end of the sentence. I can see how in a number of ways. The easiest to share being when my husband hesitates to tell me that I've done something incorrectly because he's not sure how I'll respond. Or when my older brother calls my mom to criticize me because it's easier than delivering the feedback directly. Per this brother, once my dad told me, I'm realizing that the stuff my dad says really sticks with me, like chewing gum under a shoe. Once my dad told me that sometimes I bite so hard in my evaluation of family members that even though he sees the intentions are pure, I make it impossible for anyone to hear me. I'd like to work on that. My kids have lately been flocking to AB like pigeons finding seeds during especially frantic bouts of the weekday morning hours where I'm still trying to adjust to working from home but not being home. And you know what I mean, right? When you're working from home but not actually home. It seems very confusing to me now because for as long as I've had kids, which has been two years, the separation of church and state, being home versus being at work, has been so physically palpable that it's been almost impossible for me to do any work from home even while my kids are napping. Now we're all home. And I think last week it was pretty insane for them to the point that any time myself or my husband would emerge from the bedroom, they would start hysterically crying as if they almost forgot that we had literally been here just 10 steps away from them all this time. This week is a little bit different. You know, to my dad's point, the adjustment is setting in. It's a really weird sensation to be home but not home for my kids in particular. When the stakes just include me and Abby, I, I know that we're both adults and obviously can handle it and might even like it that way, but it's weird with the kids. What kind of two-year-olds so routinely exclaim, no mommy, only daddy? The kind, I guess, who find more comfort with the latter. Less alone, more understood? Doesn't seem like it. I don't feel bad for myself, to be clear. I've been saying this a lot lately. I guess because it sounds to me like I'm complaining, but I'm really not. Or maybe I am, but I don't want to be. And I really don't want to be. I don't think I have anything real to complain about. When people ask how I am, my answer is no complaints. I mean, a ton of complaints, but what's the point? And I think that really crystallizes the experience is like, yeah, of course I could find shit to complain about, but it's all inconsequential at the end of the day, at the literal end of the day. So what is the point? The point is, I don't feel bad for myself. I would if I couldn't see the disparity between me and what I call my integrity. If I kept on, floating above my body, detached, too scared to look in the mirror, and thus continually self-distracting. But this, I think, is precisely what a slower pace brings. I'm sitting on a white cushion speckled with black dots making up a constellation of stripes on a bench directly next to the three panels of large windows that look out onto Center Street between Grand and Howard Streets. There's not a soul out there. I'm wearing beige sweatpants and black socks and a navy blue half zip. My hair is pulled back and there are exactly seven rings on my fingers. A car just drove by. It was moving rather slowly. I wonder if its driver is adjusting to a new pace too. 
if she's evaluating this period as a silver lining opportunity to examine the features she's either taken for granted or never cared to lift the lid on because she's internalized these features as things that are true, or frankly not true. That's what I'm doing. And it is worth mentioning that if we can assess this time as a silver lining opportunity, we are very, very lucky. Imagine the frontline heroes, those begging for their lives or the lives of their loved ones. What a privilege to be able to think. Am I proud of who I am? One time I listened to someone say that to be an icon, you actually have to do the thing that makes you iconic. It seems this is true for whoever, whatever, however you say you are. Except, I guess, for being human. We are all that. We might be far from ourselves, but deep, 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 and in some cases even deeper, inside every last one of us, there is a human either suffering as it attempts to break free, deteriorating or accelerating at the helm of this will, or flourishing because it already has. Today I guess I'm asking, who do you want to be? I think I know who I want to be. And the difference between who I am and who I want to be is what I do, right? I think someone commented that under this story and it really hit me in the jugular. If you'll excuse me, I'm about to walk into the bathroom where this all started last week. So if you notice a change in the inflection, there you go, that's why it's there. I haven't evaluated the fluctuations of my moods by a week like this in such a long time. I don't necessarily like doing it. And to be honest, there's this like twinge of I guess self-loathing that overcomes me because even recording this stuff can seem so self-indulgent. But all I'm really trying to do is, is work through what's going on for me psychologically and record it if only for my own sake, if only for me to remember. Because it seems like these are the, the opportunities and the experiences where the stores of information are created to help us when we're back in panic mode. And I know we're essentially in a panic right now, but even just watching the vicissitudes of how the weeks have, have been coming and going, uh, the way in which in the first week I felt, you know, just this like sensation of hamster on wheel that kept going faster, even though my legs were only able to go slower. And then in week number two, it, it occurred to me that I needed to slow down. And so I started to do that. And in the beginning of week number three, I'm noticing the slowdown and feeling the slowdown and absorbing and I guess like welcoming all the space to think and, and like really, really look at my holes and not judge them, but want to improve upon them or something. I don't know. And now what I'm feeling in real time, you know, mid week number three is this fire under my ass, just asking me what I'm going to do to help in a more tangible way. Like the numbers keep increasing and it's, it's just so heartening to see the makeshift hospital that was set up in Central Park and the thousand beds that were successfully installed at the Javits Center and the way in which masks are being donated, you know, by the multiple hundreds of thousands. What is my contribution? How can I help? And I don't even mean like, how can I make myself feel less like a speck of dust among this construction site? It's more just like, 
here I have all this. Here I have this opportunity to record some shit into an iPhone and then broadcast it if I should so please. Like That's such an incredible and remarkable privilege. So what what can I do? What am I doing to, I don't know, I guess to help the people who don't have that? What am I doing to make the words you're not alone mean something? I don't have the answer yet, but I know I'm going to find it. Signing off, your pal, Leandra.